Welcome to the podcast entitled Beyond the B-Plane. This is your host, Angel Rose Sandoval, also known as the B-Plane Girl. Let's get into it. Hey y'all, it's July 24th, 2010, in the morning of... It's Saturday. Man, I don't know if they know it's Saturday or not, but normally I sleep in on Saturday, and unfortunately... I had to wake up because I have an appointment today. So, what was I doing? Well, I guess I was one of those naturopath NDs. And I was going to do my first colon cleanse. I was really excited. So, basically, yeah, you move up no matter what you're licensed and whatnot. But we were also a massage therapy and healing of all sorts type of clinic private practice doctor's office so I have a great group of people that I'm working with and we're all young we're like 20 somethings and so here I am I'm playing myself and how did I know that because I guess when I introduced myself they were calling my name so I knew okay my name's Angel you know in the very beginning it starts off with the scene where one of my co-workers she kind of resembles my brother's ex-wife she's dark hair medium skin you know, beautiful, exotic, or whatever, and so she comes out, and <laughs> I could have swore she was topless. Like I said, nudity over there is really not a huge deal at all, and she was just giving this older man a massage, and I just remember telling her, don't overwork him, because all the toxins that'll be coming out can cause a severe Hexamer's reaction, and he'll feel awful for a little while before he gets better. So that's how the opening scene was, and that's when she gave me the, a file, and she said, how would you like to do colon therapy? And I said, serious? And she's like, yeah, uh, how would you like to do that? She's giving me a list of the protocol, like all the herbs and stuff, and the list of, of everything, and I was so excited. I said, yeah, absolutely, and everyone else is coming in out of the office, and you know, everyone's getting ready for the day. What else happened? Yeah, I think it was someone's birthday. Some of the crew was outside. So I came out saying hey to everyone else that I didn't say good morning to. And I picked up a card. It had pink hearts or pink flowers. And I just remember reading somebody's little note saying like to so-and-so from so-and-so. And I think the name was Ron. Then I turn around and I look up and I see from another office because we're, we're just renting this space. And it's like a two-story, three-story space. All of the rest of my crew go back inside because I totally don't remember what happened in between that. I remember that this gentleman comes and he looks like he's Indian. Like I said, sometimes we just have like an all dark cast. It's really interesting. We're all minorities here, which are now the majority. <laughs> he's introducing himself and I'm just sitting there. And he's like, my name is so-and-so. And I said, well, my name is Angel, and I work right there. That loud office that you hear, well, that's that's where we are. So if you come on over there and pop in and say hi, you're more than welcome to do so. And I told him what we did, what kind of work we'd done, and still do. And he says, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds great. So, well, nice meeting you. And I remember shaking his hand and he says bye, and I say bye. And then it just cuts like a blank. I wake up, bam, you know? The next thing I know is I feel like I'm the view of the camera now because I know that somebody's carrying me. I can't see myself. I'm not really able to look down, but I just feel like I'm the eyes that are being held by somebody because I can feel the steps 
and I can almost hear them. It's sort of like, okay, the cameraman's walking, you know, you get that point of view. And people are screaming as he's walking in, and I don't know what's going on. All I know is that I'm getting this eyeful of everyone in the scene. My crew is like screaming. People that I work with, they're hysterical and they're moving away from this person and they don't know what's going on. And Then I go to the balcony, somehow I drop. So this person drops me and I'm falling and I'm like, oh, this is gonna hurt. And I can already kind of feel the pain, mind you. So I'm thinking, oh, something went wrong in the scene. Someone came on the set and just destroyed everything and now they're gonna try to kill me because of that guy that I said was following me around so I woke up in the middle of the fall then I went back I tried to not go back but then I ended up going back I could feel the pain sure enough on my face and in my teeth I felt like I broke my damn face my teeth off so I'm laying there on the floor and normally I would just wake up I wouldn't even allow this to happen and they'll have like a double for me or they'll have like an imaginary version of me on the ground like all jacked up and I guess what happened was that we both fell because the scene ended and then now I'm like this soul that's watching everything. It's not the camera guy movement type of point of view, but it's just my point of view. And I see two people, two bodies. And the first one I see is the doctor, the male that dropped me. And they're like, I don't know, he just came in, what happened? And then they're saying my name, like, oh my god, what happened to Angel? What happened? I don't know, I don't know. And everyone's just hysterical, traumatized. <laughs> because you've got two bodies that are laying side by side, all crazy and everything. But the view goes, you know, towards the male first, and so they pick him up. But he's actually alive, and he's mumbling these crazy things, like, I just fell, and he's okay. He's alert, but then he's sort of just frazzled kind of like he took some weird drug and he's just talking crazy nonsense uh did you see that then it zooms in on me and all you could see is the back of my head so i guess my double was wearing um bun uh work appropriate stuff and then i could see my fingernails she even had fingernails that were painted like mine but they look a little darker because mine are like a tomato red and in the scene it looked a little more like a maroon color that's just a little detail that I, I have in my mind. And she's wearing a white lab coat as well. So we're all wearing white lab coats. And they're picking both of the bodies up. And now I'm this soul. <laughs> just watching everything. And they're like, oh my god. They couldn't believe what happened. And I'm watching pretty much my work family talk about what they've just seen. And they're moving everyone away from the building. We're out in the parking lot now. And one of the actors looks at me, and I'm just looking at everyone like, what just happened? So I kind of get the idea that I'm supposed to play the ghost, because I'm in the scene, or else they wouldn't have me in the scene. I would just be watching it on a screen somewhere else, or I'd be hearing what's going on. I wouldn't be called back. I could be, yeah, I'd be called back later, but I'd be in my body at this time. So... I'm standing there, and I'm like, okay, just act like you're a dead person, walking around and kind of confused, and they don't see you. And so she looks at me at this point, and all I see is gray. I don't see anything. Now it's gray, and I hear the voice that says, all right, stop. And he says, <laughs> and it's, you know, the director, and he says, you're playing unseen victim, not seen victim. And I love validation like this, uh, once again, and... I guess he was just telling them, you know, don't look at her like she's really there, obviously. She's a, a, an unseen victim that's in the scene, so ignore her. 
act like you don't see her. And then I just hear people saying, okay, you know, okay, whatever. And then I overheard another girl say to another one, like, oh my god, did you see her face? She just, she couldn't get over, I guess, what my face looked like. Then I had to wake up, and I'm like, shit, fuck, that would have been the perfect time to tell him that I have to wake up. I don't know if they know it's Saturdays that I can sleep in, but I am so pissed off that I couldn't finish this. <laughs> because it's after REM hours. Yeah, I was waking up off and on, but I was still being brought back. So the cool thing was is that I'd have a, a whole story to actually tell you guys. It was shooting so late. Uh, I woke up at 9.15, so yeah, it, it would have been something to remember. 9 to like, I probably would have got up at 11. And depending how often I was waking up, I might have had to take half of my little sleeping pill just to finish it off. And then I wouldn't remember anything. But uh, the way it was going, I was able to kind of remember things because I felt, like this morning, I felt on top of the world. So I, was, I didn't have a high anxiety uh, panic in waking up. Some days I'm just really panicky and I'll wake up easily. And other days I'm just, I'm easygoing and I'm able to, to go back to the set when they need me every time. So, yeah, I have a feeling I would have been able to finish this with no medication at all. <laughs> and I know it's not good to take, but God, I just, I love this stuff. What was I doing before that? How come they didn't come earlier? Well, you know, everything gets pushed back because my schedule, like I said, I overbook anyway. But although last night before, I I don't recall doing any work. It's like as if I asked for the day off or, you know, some days I just have no work and I'm sleeping and that's when I get in trouble, right? Like I'm out of body and I get in trouble. Earlier, we were doing network stuff. So this morning, I don't know if this is a new series, but something about it seems very familiar. Like we'd shot some of this stuff before. You know, the whole massage thing was just ultra familiar to me. I'm hoping it's a series, because that would be awesome. I would love to continue to work on this, have more of a memory, <laughs> and tell you what happens throughout. But it could be just a movie, like a made-for-TV movie. But it was definitely like a, it felt like a film. So I'm just going to say it's either a film or it's a, a series. But it's a well thought out series. So I feel really sad. And I probably have a body double right now just filling in for me. I feel like crap, y'all. My battery's running low here. My last diary cut out there. Looks like that's it. If I can fill you in. Diaries that are missing between dates of July 2010 to... November 2010. There seems to be this jump of me and Yahoo trying to kind of work things out in July. At the same time, he was trying to destroy my reputation. I wasn't quite aware of what was going on because he was playing both sides, him being bipolar and whatnot. Then finding out a little more, a little more, a little more as time passed. The things that he would do, i.e. pay people to do to me. I was still a working girl in the industry, and he would take the money. Somehow he would pose himself as me, and then he would go and get the money in the form of me. He was really, really good at magic. He's so good at magic that it's demonic. I would say the straw that broke the camel's back was some time between in August, September. I just remember that I was on set doing some sort of television series or some sort of television project. And it was live. It was fast running. I don't know. I don't remember which network it was over there. But we tend to have not only those who have passed on 
into the next world, uh, leaving their legacy here, but they will also start or pick off where they left off in the next world. And so you will see similar syndicated networks with the same name, like I know uh, NBC, I know Fox, and I think actually all of them, ABC, I've heard of ABC. I don't know if CBS exists on the other side, but I know Fox, NBC, and ABC exist. Whoever left here, went over there, created the networks uh, lawfully, apparently things have to go uh, through the legal way of establishing these networks. Any kind of broadcasting entity, you'd have to go through it in a lawful way if you're going to carry on the same name. So anyways, I was on set one day and we were filming something. I just remember when I was on the other side of the counter talking to someone. I want to say it was a woman I was talking to. And I don't know what scene we were filming for, for what project. I don't even remember. This was like over a decade ago, but in those diaries, I think I'd had every single detail that I could remember. Anyways, beside me, invisible, was this entity. I'm in the middle of talking to the person over the counter, and the next thing I know, I just get, like, yacked on. Like, just fucking yacked on by this invisible entity. I don't even know what the fuck happened. Since it was live running, you have to understand, people were shocked. They don't know what this was, like if this was planned. I think they found out right away that it was not planned, that this was, well, not not part of the show anyway. Um, so the entity being invisible just completely puked its guts all over me, and no one knew who it was. I found out that it was Yahoo. This was during the time when he was just uh, really sick. He, he would be in rehab, then he would be out, then he would go back, and then he would be out again. He would be using, and he was so sick that he couldn't even hold down food. He was so sick. He was very skinny. He had, like, lost most of his teeth. His skin was really bad. Yeah, he was very, very weak, and he was struggling. Like, he had so so much turmoil, so much anger, and he was literally sick that day, that moment, and he decided that he wanted to just full-on humiliate me, and so everyone was trying to figure out, oh my god, did you see what happened, like, who did this, why would they do, like, this is so fucked up, you know, and that's when I started getting trafficked, that's when I started becoming so-called, quote-unquote, missing I was the missing girl, like, like I was so busy doing drugs and selling my pussy that I did not want to fucking report to work apparently on set, I just was missing and, but the reality was that opened the door for other entities to come in and make a lot of money off of me and drugs were involved, so they would drug up the dreamer take me to different locations and sell me off. I changed probably through quite a few hands. Uh, a few people knew what was going on, but the rest of the world just had no idea what was going on. I didn't see Fern for that time, that whole time. Didn't see Fern, didn't see Alex, didn't see No Way. They're supposed to be my spirit guides, but it's all bullshit, you know? Uh, no one from the tribe. Uh, Fern, 
as far as I know, Fern was the only one from the tribe. Um, Alex was her soulmate, and then Noe was just, I think, some uh, some friend, a mutual friend of theirs. She was in the tribe with the so-called union that somehow made it to where she was supposed to be my spiritual guide through this life, you know, because I did them all a fucking favor and went and got reincarnated or whatever. I'm doing the mission and they got to stay behind on the astral plane. Um, Others came back apparently as well. One thing that I'd also like to note is apparently I was doing porn Apparently, I was funding my own porn with all the money that I was supposedly raking in from pretty much my whole career. This was the rumor anyway, but the reality was was that money was gone. Anything that I was paid out from my career, which you'd have to understand, I knew Yahoo for most of that time that I had a, started my career up until the point where things got really bad. He was always on the sidelines taking the money. He'd just step in at the time of receiving payment. And dreamers generally are supposed to have some sort of publicist that is also linked to, you know, their their accounts for receiving money. So I guess apparently when we die, if we should cross over, we would have money in an account that was... I guess, being held for that whole time that you were working because the last thing they need is for a dreamer to cross into the next world and say, hey, you owe me money. So strange, but there are legal ways to go about dreamers getting paid, apparently, out of the body. Uh, Same thing with, like, inventors, anybody who comes up with something that makes a deal on the other side if they go to claim that it is theirs then you got like a pending lawsuit on your hands if it wasn't taken care of in the legal way one time i recall seeing a demonic entity when this was after the uh barf scenario uh when everything got so bad when it was like yeah now we've entered the aftermath it's when everything just came crumbling down, right? Downward spiral. The only way out is through. There's just no way you're going to get out of it. I just remember seeing a demonic entity in the space. It was almost as if it was like an omen just looming in the space. And it was a little dark and I felt like I was the only person there. And it was just staring at me. And it had like the worst energy about it. I didn't know if it was a human. I didn't know if it was a demonic entity. I felt like it was demonically tied if it was not demonic, but it was staring at me and it was so evil and vile. It's almost as if it was like a walking, living, breathing omen of what's to come. And there was no way that you are going to escape it. It was there, and it was there for you, and you were going to have to endure it. That's what this thing was. Like, it was, like, following me. Like, it was bringing all the chaos. It was the most creepiest feeling I've ever felt. 
next to being killed out of my body, you know, like being hunted down. I feel like I'm alone and no one else is there to help me. Like you can feel it in the ether, that eeriness. Well, looks like that wraps it up. Thanks for listening. 